on fire, doesn't care what he looks like, doesn't care what he sounds like. A man on fire doesn't care what he looks like. Um, all right, we're going to get started this evening. Uh, I know we got a small crew, but uh, this evening I, I, I want to be up front first and foremost. I am not a prophet by no measure. Um, and I was seeking the Lord out all day long on whether or not we continue with tonight's study in First Peter or if the Lord had something else planned. And so all day, even yesterday, actually all week to be honest with you, I've been asking the Lord. And so I studied as if we were going to prepare for the First Peter study to continue that study. And then around 4.30, the Lord very you know when the Lord speaks to you. And, and, and why, I don't, I don't know if I just wasn't listening. I don't know if that he's just like, you're going to learn how to trust me you know, on this. Um, but the word that he gave me was so, so to the point that uh, I, as soon as I knew, as soon as he said it, I just began to go searching and looking and typing. And I have notes for this evening, but the one thing that I know without doubt that I'm supposed to say tonight is, keep your eyes peeled. And that was what the Lord said. Keep your eyes peeled. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening, and just that he would have his way. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your mercy. I thank you, Father, for your grace. I thank you for your word. And God, I give you complete control. I surrender it all to you this evening, Lord. I, I, this tonight is your word and what you have for your church, what you have for your people. God, my, these lips, Lord, you speak through as you will and which, as you want. Let me not speak anything that you don't want from your heart. Because, God, I think we're living in a new day and a new time, even compared to yesterday. So, God, let the word of the Lord be spoken tonight into our hearts to not cause us to fear or be anxious, but to give us hope. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, on April 18th, 1775, there was, there was a bunch of people in Boston, and they kept their eyes peeled on the steeple of the Old North Church. And there were two signal lanterns that, that warned of British troops uh, that were approaching by the sea. And this American history event became well known as Paul Revere's Ride. If you tell someone to keep their eyes peeled, what, do you, what are you telling them to do? Be aware. Keep your eyes open. Be on guard. Be, be on, 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 excuse me, go ahead. Be on the lookout. Okay. You're, you're telling them to watch. Told you. You're telling them to watch carefully. You're telling them to watch carefully. The literal meaning of keep your eyes peeled sounds painful. <laughs> right? I mean, 
I mean, however, the, the, you know, it suggests that we, we watch closely to prevent pain or problems. What's up, my brother? You know, similar expressions include keep your eyes skinned or keep your eyes opened, right? But I was, I was sitting there this afternoon, and, and I had already, like I said, had the study prepared and ready to go this evening, and I, I cannot begin to tell you how heavy the words were from the Lord. Keep your eyes peeled. Stay aware. Be awake. And I begin to think, and I, be, I've been, I don't know what it is about this incident in Afghanistan that has me so upset spiritually in the fact that my heart is just broke. And I'm not going to stand and say that that is a, a, a end time whatever, but I, will, I do believe this, that what's going on right now is a page turner in the book of Revelation. I truly believe that with all my heart. I don't think this is just an incident. I don't think this is just part of it. I, I honestly, with all of my heart, believe that a page of Revelation has actually turned. And I believe that. Because what you're, what you're seeing over there, and this isn't a political study by no means, this is a word for the church, but what you're seeing over there is, is, is so rapidly changing the very tides of world government as you know it, and world powers as we know it, in a matter of a week. And so what the Lord was telling us tonight is to keep your eyes peeled. You know how a magician sometimes, he'll show you what's going on here, right? But we know that He's distracting you because there's something else going on here. Can I tell you, this is why the Lord's saying, keep your eyes peeled. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that kind of finds what I But that... that you know, and, I, and I'm going to not go from the political side, but that's a great point, right? But, but you're exactly right. There, a magician does this up here while there's something going on here. So, so what I'm getting at is the enemy is doing something here, but you don't know what he's doing on the backside of everything. Right? We know that this all has to happen for us to get to heaven. And there are so many people, and I have no clue why the Lord has us, me teaching this, like speaking this. I, I, I'm telling you guys, I don't know, other than I'm obeying what the Lord said. Keep your eyes peeled. Stay awake. Stay sensitive. Don't let your guard down. Right? And, and, and you know, if you keep your eyes peeled, you try not to blink too often or too long. Because you want to stay alert to everything around you. Your eyelids are the eye skins or the peel. When you blink, you, you chance missing on what you want to see or should see. And I think that the, everybody that is alive today, and, and lucky us, I guess, right? But we're the church that the Lord has put for today. Now, am I saying that the Lord's coming back tomorrow? Please, don't go home and say that. But he could. He could come before we even finish this study. But that's how close we are. And he knew that, that we'd be here as his church. And he's telling the church today, not just place of grace, but the church. I need you guys to keep your eyes open. I need you to keep your eyes peeled. You know, when you 
with your eyes peeled, you watch carefully for someone or something. You know, the, if, if I'm watching for something, like if I'm keeping my eyes peeled, I'm, maybe I'm watching for a check in the mail. Or, or maybe I'm watching for the, the bargain, the most best sale at my store, you know, the favorite store that I shop at. Or, or an acceptance letter to, to a, a, a job. I don't want to miss it. Church, we're in a position today, in a, in a place today, we don't want to miss it. We do not want to miss it. And, and we want to be careful not to be distraction, distracted. And if you have your Bibles, we're really not going to go into it too much, but, but for later reading, if you want to mark this down for study, um, the whole chapter of Mark 13. And so for your homework, you can read this, read that, and kind of go along with what we're talking about tonight. But, but Jesus talks about staying awake. He talks about keeping your eyes peeled. And he's talking about the imminent future fall of Jerusalem, which happened in 70 A.D. You can find that in verses 1 through 13 and then 28 through 31. And then he also talks about those days or that day. And that's when he'll talk. He's talking about the end of time, the very time that I truly believe today we are standing in. And he'll catch that in verses 14 through 27 and verses 32 through 37. And for sake of time, I'm going to encourage you to read that when you go home. But what does it mean to stay awake? It means to be on guard, like you said. It's the same idea that Jesus repeats it. It's so important. Church, here's why it's so important. Just in this chapter alone, Jesus says it six times. Six times. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get our attention. And what does that mean? Well, Jesus gives us two reasons. First of all, we need to stay awake because of what we know. And we need to stay awake because of what we don't know. And so, a few, few points briefly on stay awake because of what we do know. Okay? This category, Jesus tells us three very important facts about reality. That the bad's going to get worse. False teaching's going to spread. But he's coming back to get his people. So those are three things right off the bat that we know, right? And that we need to stay awake from. And so the first thing, if you look at verse 19, it says this. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. The bad will get worse. Um, I, I, I want to just retract just a moment here. 2019, I remember it very well, 2019, December, Christmas, it was normal. In my life, it was normal, family, friends, we had friends over for Christmas, you know, potluck, and all of a sudden, the other, all of a sudden, March 2020 happened, and everything changed. And the Christmas from 2019 to the Christmas 2020 was a little bit different, at least for our family it was. The bad will get worse. Now you look at where we are in 2021 as a world, not even as a nation. Just talk about the world. Um, and Jesus is talking about the future in this scripture. He's talking about today. And again, there is debate about exactly you know, what he has in mind. But one thing is clear. It, it's not going to be good. Uh, you can read the book of Daniel. You could read the book of Revelation. You could read the, you know, the, the, book, the book of Mark here. And you can just know it's not going to be good. And there's so many different signs, so many little pinpoints that if we're not aware, 
If we're not spiritually awake, if our eyes are not peeled, we'll become distracted and we'll miss it. And we can't miss it today, church. This is too vital. This is too serious of a situation. And here's what I'll get back to. God can trust us as the church and expects us to stay awake because we're the ones that are going to be able to tell the lost, hey, this is really going down. You, you really better get your life. You know, hey, seriously, let's go to the altar. Let's pray. This is, this is about to get real. I remember when 9-11 happened, it was that Sunday there wasn't a church in America that wasn't overflowed. Every church was packed that Sunday morning, that Sunday after it happened. The following Sunday, attendance dwindled, dwindled a little ill. The next Sunday, it dwindled a little bit more. And now look where we are today, post-COVID. You can't even get people to come into church. And so we know that things will get worse. We know that, that, that we understand that this, there's going to be a severe tribulation, and it's going to feel like absolute mayhem. I don't know about you, but that's kind of where I feel right now. And that's just me. Now, I'm not panicking. I'm not filled with any anxiety. I'm not scared or fearful. But I definitely, I definitely, when I step out my front door, or even before I walk out my front door, it just feels like there's a tornado going on outside because there's so much going on, so much craziness. And we want to figure out what Christ is talking about. And it's easy for us to imagine that, that all of this must be maybe far away. You know, it's not affecting us because we're so far away from Afghan, you know, and, and Afghanistan, rather, I'm sorry. But can I tell you, that affects us very much. There's Christians in Afghanistan that are today. I couldn't tell you if they're still alive or not. And we've talked about this in the past studies about we as Americans don't really know what persecution is. If we lose the Internet for 15 minutes, oh, Lord, it's the end of the world, right? If I don't, get, if I don't eat within four or five hours, oh, my Lord, I'm hangry, right? We have no clue right now the fear, the chaos, that these people are going through. And I mean, I mean, just them. I'm just talking of them. But there are many, even China, in other places, that, that they're persecuted. They're dealing with things that we only read of. That even though we read it, even though we see it on the videos, it, it affects us, but it, it doesn't compute. We have no clue. And so we know, with just a little perspective, we should realize that we are the minority when it comes to tribulation. But we should remember that a lot of Christians, again, are living for Christ, and, and they are currently at this moment living atrocious circumstances. And you know what? Some of their faith are stronger than the ones here in America. Some of those people that are living right now, they're living for their, they're, they're about to give up their life for Christ. And we can't, we can't even make it to a service. And so we, we really have got to, we've got to get our eyesight fixed. There's going to be coming a future, tri you know, is there going to be coming a future tribulation period? Yeah, there, there is. But, but many of Christians around the world today would, would argue with you that they're already in it. And the latest research says that the persecution of the Christian worldwide is worse in 2020 than it has ever been in the, in the past, ever. 
And so without getting into the details or the numbers, I just want us to get the principle here tonight that it's either way you dice this up, what is bad is about to get worse before the end comes. Right? We know that. We know that. And we've talked about where the church fits in that. And let me tell you what, we've talked about, you've heard me say this before, if, if, if the rapture is a pre-trib, praise the Lord. Right? If it's mid-trib, Lord, help me through it and praise the Lord. If it's post-trib, Lord, give me the strength and praise the Lord. Because it doesn't matter pre, mid, post, I'm hanging in. Because I know what my other option is. And so these are the things that, church, we're going to have to deal with. And, and might I just say, not tomorrow, today. We're past the conversation of, be prepared. We're, we're past the conversation of, get yourself ready for that day. No, 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 we're in that day. And I think that's why the Lord is warning us tonight, keep your eyes peeled. Open your eyes. Stay awake here. Don't get laxed here. This is not a time for you to get cushy in your padded seat and play church. Because this is a time where the real Christians are supposed to stand up and be the church that God has called us to be and walk accordingly. C.S. Lewis wrote The Great Divorce to make this part, to make this point about the most basic level, the bad parts of our culture never, never evolving to become better. Some people think, oh, it's just bad right now. It's going to get better. How's that worked out since mankind, since the Garden of Eden? It hasn't. We've degraded since that point. The, the human nature is not to get better. It, it doesn't work that way. And, and C.S. Lewis says, evil can be undone, but it cannot develop into good. Time does not heal it. And that's true for the evil in our society and for the evil in our hearts. Leaving it alone does not work. So that means, if anything, we, can, we cannot be passive. We cannot be passive to the wrongs of, of this world. We cannot be passive in our own wrong, of the wrongs in our lives. And if we're not passive, what are we? We're awake. Right? We're awake, meaning I'm watching. I know that those things are wrong. And I'm standing against them. I'm not just going to be passive when somebody does something wrong. I'm not going to be passive when something morally is done wrong. The second thing, briefly here, is false teaching spreads. So in verse 21, he says this. And then if, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, here he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. Um, in the future, Jesus says in the book here, he says, in the future, Jesus says, there will be rampant deception. He says that there'll be false messiahs and false prophets to be coming to deceive the world. And if possible, they'll deceive the elect. And who's the elect? Us. Now tell me, has that happened? That's happened already, church. It's happening currently. There, there are false prophets behind pulpits today tickling the ears of the congregations. Not even preaching about hell. Not even preaching or teaching about sin. Allowing that congregation to go home with a feel-good message and, and leaving that life that they're living between them and God marred. And so these false prophets, they, do, you think, do you think they care? No, they don't care. You know, and this might be easiest for us to see today because of where we are today in 
But, but the truth of the matter is, false teachers are everywhere. And it started even in the first century. I mean, we, in our discussion with, with Peter, we found out that there were, I mean, excuse me, Paul, there was, you know, people who would come up and, and undermine what he had said. Most of the New Testament letters were written to address false teaching that had already crept into the church. If I could just sidestep, just briefly, this, in my opinion, is one of the main reasons for the office of pastor is to guard the church doctrine against false teaching. You see, I believe pastors are for, for that exact reason. If we think that pastors are big cheese, let me tell you what, you've got it wrong. If you think I... If you think I know all the answers or I'm the big, big, big guy, no, I'm sorry, you're dead wrong. Pastors are more like gospel custodians, right? We're gospel janitors. We're gospel bodyguards, if you want to call us that, right? It's a role of service, not a role of power. And I want you to know that I'm very serious about this as, as your pastor. I consider myself a, a happy yet very bold janitor. And if I hear anything, if, 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 if when the Lord blesses and we have teachers come in here and teach and, and other ministries come in to teach, and if I ever hear anything that contradicts the Word of God, I'll be the first person to call that person in and say, all right, first, where'd you get it from? Second, you're wrong. Third, go make it right with those you just taught. And pastors, we have, we, we have a lot of work to do as pastors because the deception is coming for us. You know, we also read. We also watch videos of the pastors. We also watch other shows. So we need to be staying awake against those teachings as well so that we don't teach that to our congregation. This is the only teaching I need right here, the Word of God. That's all I need. Now, I know there are great men of God. I'm not saying anything against that. But what I'm saying is that the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, is the greatest teacher there is. And we just need to be aware of what we're listening to. If something doesn't jive within your spirit, if something doesn't click well, if you hear it, check it. And I've always said this at this church, and those of you who've been going here for said this, if, I've, if, you, if I ever say anything that causes you to question, I have no problem with you coming and saying, hey, I have a quick question. Where did you get this from? What's the basis from? And I will be more than happy to show you where I got it from. And if I'm wrong, I will stand before the congregation and, and admit that I was wrong and correct it. I have, I have a serious judgment coming against me if I teach wrong. I'm on a little bit of a different scale. That doesn't make me more, please, that does, I'm not saying that makes me better. That's not what I'm saying. That makes me a little more tighter on my judgment scale when God goes, you know, you taught I gave you the responsibility to teach my word the way I wrote it. Nobody asked you to change it. Nobody asked you to water it down. Nobody asked you to bend it to fit in it anywhere. My word is perfect. So, so I, ha I, I do, as your pastor, I'm telling you straight up, I, I will do my best to make sure that I teach the word of God as it's written and, and, and do so. And number three, briefly, so... We know that with all, in all this, that the, the, the reason we should stay awake is because we know that Jesus is coming back soon to gather us. We know we don't have a long time. Do, do, do I have, and, and people have asked me, so how long do you think we have? I've never answered that question. I'm not going to give you a time period. I'm not. But I'm going to tell you it's not long. That's what I'm going to tell you. 
They've been saying that since the New Testament, <laughs> right? They've been thinking they were in the last days after the Holy Spirit broke out. So, but I, I know by what I read in 1 Timothy, by what I read in Revelation, by what I read in, in Daniel, I know by the signs and the times and the wording of the, the Word of God that we're a lot closer than they were. <laughs> we're kind of in the middle of the storm. But, but there's hope because he says in verse 24, but in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of in heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And the whole part here, uh, verses 24 through 27, is loaded with Old, Old Testament you know, kind of connections. Uh, the phrase in verse six, 26 is taken straight out of the book of Daniel. The Son of Man will come in the clouds with, with great power and glory. Uh, that's Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. So, so you know, Jesus is speaking what has already been written right, in the, in the prophets. He, and un unmistakable here, Jesus is saying that he, he is claiming to be the Messiah. And not just, suffer, you know, not just of suffering, but also of glory. So he's really making a point. I, I know what I'm talking about here, just in case you're questioning. I, I, know, who, I know what's going to happen because of who I am. And so we can rest our hope in the fact that if Jesus knew who he was and had confidence in what he was speaking, guess what? We can have that, that, that same hope and confidence in, in knowing who he is and what he spoke to be true. Remember what Jesus has been saying up to now in the Gospel of Mark. He's, he's told his disciples that he's going to Jerusalem to die, right? He's, he's coming to the city to be killed. But here he says one day he's coming back in this, this kind of apocalyptic splendor, which means the Son of Man who will be mar you know, marred beyond recognition will one day be the sovereign king of power and glory. See, I, I can listen to the news and, and get the headline news and listen to all the chaos and listen to all the craziness that this world's given me, all the COVID garbage, all the, the, the wars and this, that, and the other. I can, I can listen to all that, right? And we need to be careful, right, not to allow it to sink into our hearts and depress us or to cause us to distress or, or, or become anxiety because there should be something that trumps all of that. And that's the hope that I have in exactly what Christ just said. Despite all of this craziness going on, guess what? I'm going home. I'm just, waiting for that, I'm just waiting for that sky right there to split. That's all I'm doing. And then I'm out of here. I love y'all, but I'm out of here. And I hope you're with me. But that, that's my hope, right? And you know what? If something happens and I get into a car accident, or something happens and I have to die for my faith, well, then I'm, I'm like Paul. To die is to gain, Right? And I know that's easy to say today as we're, we're sitting here, but, but that's what we need to do. That's how we need to keep our eyes peeled. That's how we need to stay awake in the fact to stand in that hope, stand in that faith, that no matter what comes against us, no matter what the government tries to throw down on us, no matter what the world is going to come to, we know that ultimately Christ is it. He's coming back to get us. There's, there's why I can be happy. You know, you want to know how I can be so excitable? Because I know that I'm on that list to go home. I'm on that bus out of here, man. You ain't got to tell me twice. I'll even ride in the back if you need me to. I don't care where I ride. I'm getting on the bus. 
right? And so, yeah, we maybe we have to use our imaginations a little bit, but, but the Apostle John gives us a little glimpse of what this was going to be like in Revelation 5. When we get to heaven, there's going to be this massive assembly of people. You know, we got a handful here tonight. Can I just say that in heaven, there's going to be a lot more, right? There's going to be standing room only, right? And, and there's going to be men and women and boys and girls from every tribe and nation on the face of the earth. And it's going to be colorful and it's going to be loud. Key word, loud, right? I love that word, loud. It's going to be loud. Why? Because we're celebrating. Because the one that we put our hope and faith in, guess what? We're standing right next to him now. And everything that we're in today is in the past. We're never going to have another tear, not another aching bone, not another no, depression moment, not another argument, not another sadness situation. Guess what? It's all gone because of this, because of Jesus Christ. We're going to be together to worship one king together, and that king is Jesus. And yes, he's really coming back. This is really happening. This isn't fantasy. This isn't, this isn't Lord of the Rings. This isn't nothing that you could just write a fantasy book and chalk it up to that. No. You know what? If that's the way you think tonight, if that's the way your mindset, you are in for the biggest rude awakening, I think, that you've ever experienced in your life. And I pray you get it right before you see that. Because there's nothing that strikes fear in my heart more than knowing that at one time I knew Christ. Maybe I lived for Christ at one time and I've, I've stepped away and I've wanted nothing to do with it. And all of a sudden I see Dennis and I see Tom. Esther made a point Sunday that that Sunday after that happens, if they make it to Sunday, the churches are going to be the fullest that day. Because people are going to realize it wasn't a fantasy. It wasn't a Hollywood ploy. It wasn't some government conspiracy, you know, that, that they try to dial up. No, this is real. And let me tell you what. Yeah, exactly. You know, but let me tell you what. It, it, to sum this all up, this is why we need to stay awake. This is why we know we need to stay awake. Right? Now, why we, need to, we, we, we stay awake because we know. But then Jesus gives us a second category briefly here in closing. Uh, we need to stay awake because of what we don't know. We need to stay awake before what we don't know. Uh, this is actually where the, most of the message is. Down in you know, verse 32, he says this, But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. That's about as plain as anybody can say something. You know? Be on guard, be awake, for you do not know when the time will come. Keep your eyes peeled. He's telling the church, hey, keep your eyes peeled. And don't be deceived and don't be distracted. Let me tell you what, and you can answer this in your hearts. How easy is it today to become distracted? Very easy. It doesn't take, with our phones, I've told you what I have to do on, on my, devote, my mornings. Literally, I have to leave this phone on the other room because if I hear it bing or if I hear an email come in, even though I'm reading the word, I, I fight with my flesh to go. <laughs> now, that's just me. This is my personal fight. But I do. And literally, I'll pick it up and I'll go, DoorDash. I, I don't care about DoorDash. 
right? It could be absolutely nothing, but guess what it's done? It's distracted me from the word of God. It's pulled me from that time where I'm supposed to be still and know he's God so that I can get through that day. And so that's just me. That's personally me. But, but he's saying to, to keep your eyes peeled. Don't be deceived. Don't be distracted. Because you don't know when Jesus is coming back. And let me tell you what. I, I mean, the enemy is really good. He, and I truly believe. Listen. I'm not going to get down this path. That the media is in the devil's pocket and all that jazz. But I'm going to tell you what. He knows how to use them pretty well. And he knows how he can distract us. He knows how he can deceive us. He knows that that. If, if, if my nose is stuck in this phone reading something about this, that, and the other, then, then I'm not focusing on the Word of God. And I'm not focusing on what I'm supposed to do for God because I'm too busy, distracted here. And so my eyes have switched focus. And maybe when we get switched focus and we become distracted, we become deceived, we become sleepy. You ever notice when you're reading, you're like, Right? And, and, and so the devil's on one, he's, he's, and he's on overtime. Can I tell you, he, I, think, I don't think there's a demon left in the, in the war room. I think they're all out and about right now doing warfare. I don't think there's anybody home right now behind the gates of hell. I think they're out on overtime right now going all crazy because they know that they know that they know they don't have a whole bunch of time left. And Jesus says it again in verse 34, to, to be, be on guard. He talks about a parable, a man going on a journey and leaving his servant in charge, but he doesn't tell him when he's going to return, and therefore they, they need to always be ready. Church, we, we always need to be ready. I'm going to tell you what, that could change your life, just that right there. If we would carry that in our hearts, that, that Christ could come back at any minute, let me tell you what, that would change you flipping somebody off when they cut you off in traffic. Right? That, that could change you popping off on somebody because they upset you. Now, we're covered in God's grace, but we still want to be careful. Amen? And, and we, want to be, we, want to be, we want to be awake. We want to be on guard. Because the enemy is out there to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. And unfortunately, in this day and age we live in, it's not taking them too much to do that. And so we need to stand up, church. We need to wake up. And if we're being honest... At least when I see this, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's difficult sometimes to stay awake. And I know what it's like to be tired. And, and each one of you know how it is to physically be tired. And most of us probably, we don't get as much sleep as we should, especially, you know, if you've got young kids or, or grandkids or you just don't sleep well. You know, you're tired. And you know that having to stay awake is hard. If you've ever had to care for a loved one, and you're the only one there to take care of them, and you've got to stay awake to make sure that they, they're still breathing or get their medication. It's difficult. And it is difficult. Because I truly believe today the devil is just doing this. And if, if we don't have our eyes peeled, if we don't have our eyes open, if we're not awake and we're not on guard, he is going to lull the church to sleep. And I've never seen that more than last year with COVID when he tried to shut the churches down. And he did it. Listen, I'm not giving him credit, but he did a bang up job for a minute. He did. And I think that's why the Lord's trying to get the church back and saying, come on, get this, get, get riled up here. 
This is not a time to be getting comfy in the seats. This is not a time for you to say, well, I've served the Lord for 50 years. I'm just going to rest. No, this is a time that you've ever fought before. If you've ever been on guard before, if you've ever been awake and your eyes peeled before, this is the day because we're about to go home. All that you know is normal today. You thought pre-19, pre-COVID was normal. No, all that you know is about to change here real soon when he splits that sky. And we're on that doorstep, church. I mentioned a few weeks ago, that, or if even a couple days ago it may have been, I don't believe we're in the last pages of the last day at all. I think we're in the last few grains of sand of the last days. I don't even know how close we are in the 11th hour to the final hour. I'll tell you what, it isn't very much. It could be a simple click for all I know. But we need to know that yo, though it's hard to stay awake, we have to do it. And this means putting Christ first. This means focusing on Christ. This means not allowing the, our selfishness and, and what we want and who we are or who we think we should be or how we think this should go or that should go. No, all that goes out the window. And you know what I say? Lord, I submit and surrender to you 100%. Whatever, whatever in my life is, is a hard heart, whatever in my life is callous, whatever in my life I've not submitted, God, in the name of Jesus, I submit it now and cleanse me up. Strengthen me up today. Because God is looking for warriors. He's looking for a church that he's going to come back to and say, there they are, let's get them. They fought the good fight, and let's go get them. I don't want to ever, to God, say, well, you didn't really fight. <laughs> You ran and hid. No, I don't want to be that guy. You know where I want to be? I want to be on the front line because that's where Christ is. That's where I want to be. And that's where we should want to be, church. And I know, again, that sometimes we get tired. And is there good news for the spiritual sleepy? <laughs> Not really. And so maybe that's why the Lord threw this into my heart. I don't know who's going to hear this. I know you know, I knew a few would be here this evening. I don't know who's going to catch it on the net. We'll, we'll drop it on everything we can. But this isn't because Sean wanted to teach us. I told you, we had First Peter to go through. Now we're behind in that study. We're on time, on God's time. You're right. But I'll tell you what God says. Keep your eyes peeled. That means look out. Church, God don't just say things to say things. Every one of us have had the Lord speak to our hearts. And we know when it's the Lord. And we know when it's a warning. And we know when it means more than just words. And we know when it means more than just for us. And God has given us a warning tonight as his bride, as his church to not become distracted. It's easy to dedicate four or five hours to the news to see what's going on over there on the other side of the world. And yes, that matters in the whole scheme of things. Yes. Okay? But don't let it distract you from the Word of God. Don't let it take your focus on the one who has it in his hands anyway. Don't let it... Don't let it go ahead. It, it, it don't let it bring fear. Because that's exactly, what, that's exactly what he's going to try to do. 
is bringing anxiety. And, and listen, again, I go back to those, those poor people there. That's fear and anxiety. I've seen it on their face. When you got people climbing jets, you know, planes to get out of a country, and they don't care whether they fall off or they don't fall. Let me tell you what, that's fear and anxiety. And, that's, and I'll tell you what, I hit it, I hit it hard. I've, I've been on my knees for that nation, for those people. And listen, I don't know, I don't care about the politics of it. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't. That's people. That's God's people. God's creation down there. And we as a church, we need to lift them up in prayer. We need to stand in the gap for them. But church, we need to make sure our eyes are open. We need to make sure that our, that, that, that our hearts are awake tonight. We need to make sure that our eyes are peeled. And we, that, that whatever, whatever we may be holding on to, whatever fear, uh, there's still people that text me that are still living in that, that fear of COVID today. I still get texts about people being afraid to come out or afraid of this or that and the other. And my response, as lovingly as I can, is, Knock it off, <laughs> right? But we're in a whole new world, right? The enemy has come strong with it. And I'm not rude when I say it, but I do my best to lift them up. But we, if we would focus, if we would focus, each one of us know how to commit to things. It's just part of who we are. Even if we, like, <laughs> excuse me, when I commit to working out, Right? I commit to working out for about three days, and I realize this is the worst idea I've ever had. But those three, <laughs> those three days, I'm committed. I'm, all, I'm about it. I, I don't eat this. I don't drink this. I do them a workout, blah, 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 blah. But those who, who know what I'm talking about, you commit to something, you stick to it. And I tell you, we need to commit to the word of God. And fear and anxiety won't have a place to live. If you fill your heart with the word of God, Nothing else can get in, right? And when we fill our heart with the word of God, we know that we can trust every word in this book. We can trust every word that was written in this book. And I can trust the God, and I can trust the Jesus that's going to be split in that sky, that gives me the hope that no matter even what happens tomorrow, whether or not we, you know, whatever happens, it does not matter. God still got it. But I need to keep my eyes open. Because this is just the beginning, church. These are just the beginning of things that we possibly, if the Lord don't come and get us out of here, listen, is he going to make us live through half the tribulation? I pray not. You know, I, I believe the scripture says, uh, you know, pre, but, but listen, I could be interpreting it wrong, just straight up. I mean, I was raised that way pre-trib, and I've studied it. But what I can see is maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. And very, it's very well we stand here until we see the Antichrist stand on the Temple Mount and say, I'm God. And at that point, then we go home. It's very possible we're here for half that tribulation. It's very possible that we're here after he says that and we go through the final. I don't believe that personally, but it's very possible. That's on God's agenda, not mine. My issue is I've got to be, keep my eyes peeled, stay awake, stay on guard, no matter what, until that day I go home. That's the, that's the goal. That's the word that we need to know. Yes, ma'am. Keep your heart, right? And so this, this evening as we close, again, I, I, pray, I, I pray that I was able to bring this right. I, I pray that, Lord, I pray I gave it correctly. But where, where's our focus this evening? 
Where, where's our eyes? What's, what's our eyes peeled on today? Our, is our focus on the distractions of the world? Is it focus on ourselves and our careers and our lifestyles and our materialistic things? Uh, let me just throw this out here. Just in case you, you are in that world, there's a few things that last forever. And it's not money and it's not possessions and it's not status. So if that's where you've got your value, let me tell you what, you don't have any value in anything very valuable at all. But you can find eternal value in a relationship with the one who created you, eyes and all. <laughs> right? In our closing verse, Psalm 16, 8 says this, I will keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. I love that scripture. Because even though the Lord changed the study, I'm reminded of a couple weeks ago of our feet being on that chief cornerstone and how I said everything around us may shake, but if our feet are founded on that chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, we're not shaken. And then the Lord gives me this. I will keep my eyes on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. If I've got my focus on him, if I've got my eyes peeled on him, Guess what? I'm not going to be shaken. So it doesn't matter. That's uh, Psalm 16, verse 8. And so with that, before we close in prayer, does anybody have any comments or, or thoughts or anything you want to add to it this evening? All right. Well, let's, let's close in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that I... Uh, I spoke it right. I pray I gave it correctly. Lord, I pray that we would sense the urgency in the word that you've given to keep our eyes peeled, to stay awake, to be on guard in this day, Lord God. Lord, we know everything going on in the world today with the internet has made everything so close, Lord God, and we, we know what's happening in a flash of a moment. But God, let that not distract let that not deceive. Let that not pull my focus away from you, Lord God. But let my eyes be fixed on you, Lord God, that I would not be shaken. Lord, I know that there is a time soon, Lord God, very soon, that you are sending your son back to get your church. And my God, I pray that your church, Lord, we would stand strong. We would stand bold, Lord. We would stand with our eyesights fixed upon you, Lord, not shaken, not deceived, not distracted, but moving forth with the gospel in this day to which we live. God, I ask your anointing upon each person under, the, under my voice, Father, each church, each, each pastor, Lord God, give us a spiritual boldness that we've never had before. Let us find ourselves still before the mighty God, before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that we might receive the peace, that we might receive the hope and the joy and the strength that we will need to get through these upcoming days until that final day when that trumpet blows and you say, go get my church, Lord God. Give us the power and give us the strength, Father, to preach and teach the gospel to those who don't know, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would touch our eyes and let our eyes be fixed on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Church, let us go forth and, and be bold. Let us keep our eyes fixed on him and, and, and not worry about what tomorrow holds, amen? All right, God bless. Thank you, Lord.